Jesus, thank you. Glory be to God. Please, you may be seated. Hallelujah. 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 It's so nice to see all of us. Thank God for the joy in the house, the power of the Spirit present. Please help me welcome somebody seated beside you. Say you are welcome to day four of the Amos Road Conference. Your life will not be the same. The power of the Almighty God has started touching you already. And there will be a perfection of all that concerns you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Romans chapter 13 verse 11. And I'm reading from the New International Version, NIV. Romans chapter 13 verse 11. It says, and do this, and do this understanding the present time. It's extremely important that you understand the times that you are in. Apostle Peter writing to the church, then told them that, look, knowing that the time is at hand, let us be very sober, so that we may be watchful unto prayer. Meaning that if you don't understand the time that you are in, the chances are that you begin to take actions that will be inimical to God's purpose for the time that you are in at that time. And so he says here, the first thing you must do if you are truly going to fulfill God's purpose is that you must understand the present time that you are living in. How do I do it? I must understand the fact that the hour has already come for me to wake up. There is no time to lose anymore. I cannot afford to live senselessly. I cannot afford to be careless with my time. He says, it is time for me to wake up from slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. I'm still focusing on the subject of awake. In this world that we are in now, the world is so conditioned that men, believers, can easily fall asleep. It's so easy to fall asleep at the time that we're living right now. You know, yesterday I tried to give a context and define what is meant by falling asleep from different scriptural perspective. And I did say this one. When the Bible describes that you are asleep, it simply means that you have lost touch or you are losing touch with the plans and purposes of God for your life. Therefore, the call for you in that situation is to awake. Get up. Redeem the time while there is still time for you at this time. When you begin to lose sensitivity to the speakings of the Spirit, you that you had glorious fellowships with the Holy Spirit, nothing takes you by surprise. Suddenly now, you are staying without hearing. You are staying without seeing. There is nothing in you to tell you or to give you an insight of what will hereafter be. The Bible says you are sleeping awake. Something is wrong with the fellowship. Something is wrong with the tappings of grace. Whenever God gives a sermon and you don't hear, the chances are that you are going to depend on the pictures of yesterday without seeing the new thing he's calling you to. He told John, even though he was in the spirit in the last day, he still came to him in that place and said, get up, arise, come up hither that I will show you the things that will hereafter be. Your levels oftentimes determine what you see. 
Praise the Lord. When we talk about being asleep and not being awake, it's for you to lose sight of the visions of God for your life. It could be because of the vagaries, the challenges, the hardships, the various shifts you have joined yourself to as a result of that. The visions of God that were so vivid that you wrote down yesterday that you, you see, it was so clear to you. You knew God has spoken to you. Today you are wondering are you the one or should we look for another? Don't ever allow yourself to get to that position. The Bible says a man in that position is asleep. No wonder when Jesus was going, he left towards a practice. And the practice was to be done as routinely as possible. And that was the practice of the Holy Communion. One of the basic responsibilities of the practice of the Holy Communion is that we remember that he came. We remember that he conquered. And we remember that he's coming again. So that we don't lose sight. We don't fall asleep on the way. He left a practice for us. It's extremely important that you deliberately intervene in the processes of your life to avoid you sleeping. Yesterday I also said, when you fall asleep, you forget the things that God had etched in your heart. The visions of the night you used to have. The things that God has communicated to you. The plans that he has made clear in your heart. Simply because of the events the logic of events, the lash of circumstances happening to you, you have lost sight. You have forgotten all those things. You need to be remembered. No wonder Apostle Paul wrote, he said, I am writing to remind you. Apostle Peter also wrote, he said, I am writing to remind you, meaning that it is very easy for us to forget. Often it is natural with men to forget. Beloved of God, Yesterday I told us some experiences you know, of the early apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ. They were in a situation between his death and his resurrection. They had waited for a while. John chapter 21 verse 3 told us Peter had waited. You can imagine within a space of 72 hours. They have waited for a while and they had not seen him. The Bible says he got to a point in that verse 3 of John 21. He said, you know what? Let me go back to what I know. Let me go back to what I'm sure of. Peter was beginning to slumber. He didn't know. And Peter was a leader. The leader's sin is a leading sin. The moment Peter said, I go fishing, he spread the spirit of slumber among every other disciple. And they said what? We go fishing with you. The brethren on the way to Amos, it was a journey. The Bible says that Amos was a village about seven miles away from Jerusalem. And they went on their journey. After Drew, since they had nothing to do. And when they were going, you can see the discussions they had, the promptings and the nuances of their heart. He said he would rise. But we're hearing stories today. They were beginning to sleep without even knowing that they were asleep. The problems often with spiritual sleep is that you may be deep in slumber and you won't even know that you are long gone. I want us to take a closer look at those experiences shortly. Beloved of God, oftentimes we stay in our world forgetting that there are tranquilizers all around us. And if you are not careful, if you are not watchful, the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be watchful, he said. If you are not watchful, 
you can easily be tranquilized. And you begin to doze, standing. The Bible says in Proverbs 4, verse 23, it says, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. The heart of the matter is a matter of the heart. Where is your heart? If your heart is full of suffering, you are going to sleep. You are going to slumber. And so, we are warned again and again and again, again and again and again, to avoid slumbering. Spiritual slumber is not until you close your eyes. Your eyes may be wide open and you are asleep, far, far gone. Beloved, in that same Romans chapter 13, if you read from the Message Bible, the process in which the world tranquilizes people, tranquilizes Christians, tranquilizes non-Christians, gets them to be desensitized to the things of God, is clearly stated there. Romans chapter 13, from verse 11 to verse 14. Follow me as I read. It's interesting. You see, it says here, but make sure but make sure that you don't get absorbed and exhausted. Read the rest of it. Stop there. Did he say day-to-day -day waste of time? Day-to-day -day what? What is an obligation? A must do. A must move. A must travel. A must attend to. A must this. A must that. It is not an option. It's something that you must get involved in. But the Bible says in that daily obligation, there lies the danger that you can easily be absorbed by it. And when you are absorbed by it, you can easily get exhausted by it. And when that happens to you, what do you do? Read the rest of it. That what? You lose track of what? The time. And do what? Doze off. What happens? You become what? oblivious to God. When the concerns of the daily bread becomes more important to the promptings of God in your spirit. When the concerns of ambition becomes more important the concerns of power the concerns of popularity the concerns of having financial freedom all those things are good in themselves, but not at the expense of the promptings or of the things that God wants you to do. You don't turn your back to God, but often in life we can easily turn our backs to God. Why? When we get absorbed by those things. When we get absorbed by those things. That the night is about over. The danger in this kind of slumber is that you begin to sleep. Let me just sleep for about five minutes. Let me rest for about five minutes. It's a 10 minutes to 12. I'll just last for five minutes. By 12 o'clock, I'll wake up and do the prayer. Only for you to discover at the time you wake up, it's a cock crow at dawn that is waking you up. You have been absorbed. You have been exhausted. The devil is a specialist in making us or making people to get exhausted. What does he exhaust you with? Your normal obligations. Your normal obligations. He prevents attractive options. He prevents things left, things right, concerns, 
Why is it that it is the day you have decided to fast and pray that all hell is let loose in your life? Why? The objective is to get you absorbed. The objective is to get you exhausted. Why? So that you can lose focus. It says that the night is about over. Dawn is about to come. Be up and wake. And awake to what God is doing. If you are not awake, you cannot. When I say awake, awake spiritually. If you are not awake, you can never be sensitive to what the Spirit of God is telling you. Is it not the same you? Yesterday, before you had a visitor, somehow you will know that around 12 in the afternoon, somebody is coming to see me. But today, they are knocking the door. You have no idea. Yesterday, you can sense when there is need for you to rise up and pray. You can sense when there is a problem coming. It's an anticipation of trouble. But today, the trouble exerts itself all over you without you even knowing that you are in a war. But that was not you yesterday. You know why it is so? You have been absorbed and you are now exhausted. Do you know, at times you wonder, why was it that Joshua fell for the trick of the Gibeonites? Why? Because he was absorbed and he was exhausted. Joshua had been fighting from the day he took over. He had fought so many battles, so many nations. Nobody was interested in offering him peace. And suddenly, a group of ragtag people came and began to speak peace with him. Somebody that was already exhausted, tired of war. He couldn't even turn and say, excuse me, I'm coming. And turned to somewhere and said, God, what do you have in mind? Who are these people? He never bothered to ask because he was relieved to have peace. The problem of fighting fires. The devil is an expert to get us absorbed. As you are quenching one fire, he sets up another fire. As you are quenching up one fire, he sets up another. Why? Because he doesn't want a moment for you to relax. Because if you relax, the chances are there. You will say, hey God, what were you saying yesterday? Why do you think that the problems have been cascading in your life? Why do you think that all kinds of things that you never bargained for is coming to you? The objective is to get you absorbed. And what? Exhausted. When you are exhausted, you will take a hold of any holy branch that is thrown at you. Thinking at last, somebody wants to give me peace. Let me at least lay hold on peace. While you are laying hold on peace, you don't know that you are committing your generations yet to come. That was the problem of Joshua. Beloved of God, we all go through it. But that is why the Amos Road Conference has come. Here, the rest of that scripture he says, God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation work he began. There is something that is going on. And God needs you and I to partner with him so that the finishing touches that he's doing. You know when you are building a house, the most difficult and the most expensive time in that house is when you are putting the fittings, the finishings. That is the most expensive and the most difficult thing. When you are doing that, you need a lot of concentration. And God needs you to be concentrated. Why? Because the end of all things is what? At hand. At hand, beloved of God. God is putting finishing touches to that vision in your life. That is when the devil comes to distract you. God is putting finishing touches to that academic pursuit. The devil comes to distract you. Why? So that if he can get you absorbed, he knows it's just a matter of time. You will run out of strength. 
It's a principle. He says this. We can't afford to waste a minute. Look at that. He says that we can't afford to do what? To waste a minute. Going to the unit of time. We must not squander this word. Precious daylight hours. Opportunities that God is bringing your way. If you are not sensitive to the spirit of God, you will not be able to discern them. And once you miss, it will be like what happened in Numbers chapter 11, Numbers chapter 12, Numbers chapter 13. When God said, it is time for us to cross and go over to the other side. The Bible says, they said, we cannot go over. Why? Because what our leaders have reported is that before those men, against those men, we are like grasshoppers. And they began to murmur against God because they were already absorbed. And as they murmured against God, the Bible says the anger of God arose and God spoke. When God spoke, suddenly their foolishness dawned on them but they have missed the daylight hour. They have missed it. God said, you know what? Since you say you cannot enter, you will not enter. That was when they said they will enter. And Moses warned them, don't go. Otherwise, you become a prey in the hands of these people. They said, no, we have repented, we'll go. Forgetting that by strength shall no man prevail. The Bible says he gathered themselves and went. And they were routed. 3,200 of them died. Death, they shouldn't die. But that was just the beginning of the death. You know why? They missed a window. They missed an opportunity. They missed a time. They missed the precious daylight hour because they were being absorbed. How do I know? When it comes to keys in life, like I've taught us severally here, there are four different kinds of doors. The easiest of the door is a door that you have the key to, a physical key. You go there. If you have the right key to the door, once you slot it in, it enters your turn. What happens? The door opens. It is up to you. There's another door. The time you'll find in the airport, MM2 or in the international airport, the moment you move near the door, what happens? The door opens at the instance of your appearance. Some doors you need to be there. You don't delegate. There's another kind of door. Like you buy a license now of a software for you to act after you have downloaded that software for you to activate that software what do you do you put what the license key it's a digital door and the moment you put the license key there what happens the software opens unto you those are very easy doors once you have the right thing you will enter but in life the doors of life often is about the, like the fourth door there is a door for example Please, can I have a member of the chosen vessel come? Come quickly, come quickly. Give him the mic. And I want to show us something in line with that scripture. So that you know, you see, every minute matters. Every word of God. When you miss to hear what you should hear, at the time you should hear, beloved of God, you would have to wait for a cycle to be complete. Some of us, God deals with us every two years every three years some people every five years go and check the cycles of your life every five years every ten years and you decide to monkey with the first circle 
You wait for the next circle. And that next circle, the devil knows the circle is coming. And he absorbs you. He makes you exhausted. You begin to lose taste. You begin to lose touch with the promptings of the spirit. He's telling you do this. He said, I will do it tomorrow. And tomorrow never ends. Before you know it, you enter into another time in which that season flies away again. After three or four seasons have passed, you begin to wonder, I have not made any progress in the last five years of my life. God, what is happening? What is happening, oh God? As you begin to ask, you forget to ask yourself, what has the Lord been saying to me in the last five or six years? Sing to us any worship song. Gideon, play along with him. Any worship song. Okay, wait. Let's do it this way. You know what? Gideon, play any worship song that you know he knows. When you start playing, let us know. You have started playing it. I've told him to sing. Do you understand me? Why is he not singing it now? You are waiting for what? For the time. Which time? The song, the timing of the song. The timing of the song. Is it within your control? No. Is it no. within your control? No. Can you force it? I can't Can you fasten it? No, sir. Why? Because it is outside your control. He has to wait for the circle to come around. Until the circle is complete, he cannot enter. The same thing with the rest of our life. Until the circle is complete. No matter how prepared you are. No matter how zealous you are. You cannot enter because you have missed the circle. The circle passed last week. You are coming this week. God, I am ready. If you like, fast 40 days and 40 nights. You will wait for another five years. How long will you keep wasting time like that? And you begin to wonder. Like David said, we see not our signs. There is no prophet in the land. In fact, nobody knows how long. Oh God, how long will you allow the enemy to exert over us? Do you get what I'm saying now? Thank you, sir. That is why the instructions in Romans chapter 13, verse 11 to verse 14, in the message Bible is extremely important. Let me just move forward a bit. You will go home and read the rest of that scripture. Read it in the message Bible. Let's take the first matter with Peter and Co. It was a fishing trip. A fishing trip out of boredom. A fishing, they were bored because they are forgotten. Several times the master had been telling them, he has sent words ahead that listen oh, I am going to die. And when I'm dead, I'll be there for what? How long? Three days. I will resurrect. Where will you? Where should they meet me? Where? Oh, somebody answer me. Where? They went to meet him in Galilee. But a lot of them, because they have forgotten, because they have lost sight, because they have been absorbed, they never knew Jesus could die. The most shocked person among them was Judas. Judas was not as wicked as we thought. He was just a smart 419 guy. He, look, these guys have been trying to kill Jesus all this while. The only thing that they don't know who Jesus is. Me, I know who Jesus is. I know his routine. I know where he'll be at social time. I can just, you know, uh, how do they do it? Say, so, uh, you just give me the right word. I can scam them. There's another word I'm looking for now. I've had it before. Amen. Let me just play them a fast one. 
I will collect their money and there is nothing they can do. I will deliver Jesus and Jesus will disappear from their midst. After he had been there several times, Jesus had disappeared. Several times. So he expected it to be like that. But he forgot. But that before he got there, the master had been telling them, I am going to die. In fact, before they left where they were, they were going to Jerusalem. He told them, I am going to die. But don't worry. In three days, I'll be resurrected. In three days, I'll get up again. You know what? Go to Galilee and do what? Wait there for me. Even Peter forgot. No wonder he went to fishing. Do you know in Mark chapter 16, verse 9, the last chapter of Mark, verse 9 there also, when Mary Magdalene encountered the risen Lord, and he said, go and tell my disciples. So when Jesus was risen, any day of the week, he appeared first to Mary, out of whom he had cast out, how many? Seven devils. And she went and told them that he had been up as they mourned and wept. And when they had heard this, he was alive and had been seen of her. They still what? Did not believe. Why? They had forgotten. They were exhausted. They had been absorbed by the shock and the awe of the moment. If you read down that scripture, do you know when Jesus was sending Mary, I think it's in verse 8, he said, go and tell my disciples, my brethren, that I have arisen. Particularly, mention, he mentioned whose name? Peter. He said, and Peter also. Why? He had forgotten. Self-condemnation had finished him. He had forgotten. What is troubling you? What is troubling you? What is exhausting you? What is exhausting you, I ask? Beloved of God, the mercies of God are new every morning. You can get up and run again. Do you understand me today? The Bible says, but when the morning, I'm reading John 21 now from verse 4 to 7. But when the morning was now come, Jesus stood on the shore. Look at that. Jesus, their master, their master, he stood at the shore. What happened? But what? Say it again. Say it again. Was it too far? They knew he was there. And yet, this was some way they were interfacing it every now and again. Every now and again, they were interfacing with him. So that they could easily see him and locate him by his figure. But when it got to this point, because they have been overcharged, because they have been exhausted, they saw a figure like Jesus. Even when they heard that he has resurrected, they still could not relate with him. Why? Because they were now exhausted. Let's keep reading. Verse 5. Then Jesus said unto them, Children, have ye any meat? And they answered him, What? Did they recognize his voice? Did they recognize his voice? Did they recognize his voice? When last did you hear the voice of God? Even when he's been shouting, speaking to you, trying to get your attention. Could it be that because you are on the ship to Tashish, you are no longer tuned to his frequency? Hello? Could it be that? Because when you are in the ship to Tashis, you are either sleeping or you are fighting the storm. Is somebody listening to me? 
Because there is no peace for those that are on their way to Tarshish. Initially, the sleep might be sweet, but it will eventually lead to a lot of problems. Let's go on. How can Jesus, their master, Jesus that they said they would never leave nor forsake, he's now back. They couldn't recognize him. He spoke. They didn't recognize his voice. Hallelujah. And he said unto them, and he said unto them, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies are what new every day. Beloved of God, in order for them to recognize them, he had to come again to them the way he had come before. Remember the first meeting with Peter? The attention here was for Peter. Because once Peter turned, every other person would turn. Do you understand me? That was why the devil fought him. Jesus said, if you read that scripture in the Good News Translation, Jesus said, Peter, let me tell you, the devil has sought from God. He has obtained permission to sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you. He didn't pray that the temptation should not come. But he said, I prayed for you that what? Your faith should not fail. He says, when you are converted, do what? Strengthen your brethren. The target was Peter. Just like there's a target on everyone here. The Bible says he had to go to them again in that way. He came to them and he said, children, have you caught any fish? He now spoke in the language of what they know with him. He said, cast your net into where? Then somebody remembers somebody that has said something like that. At the beginning, more than three and a half years ago. Then he looked again. Then he replayed the voice again. He was the only one because of his heart. Are you with me? See how the Bible describes him. He says, They cast therefore, and now they were not able to draw it out for the multitude of fishes. Therefore, that disciple, not any other disciple, though, that one, that one, that one, that one, that disciple, where is it there? Amen. Praise God. Therefore, that disciple, whom Jesus did what? Loved. Said unto who? What did he say? He was the one that recognized him. And he didn't recognize him and get out of the water. Because everything was still around Peter. You're a leader. The greatest error you can allow yourself to enter is to be exhausted. I remember I was listening to an interview on CNN. And I think it was Amon Paul or somebody. He was interviewing the former president, Bill Clinton. And on his routines, Bill Clinton told her, no matter how depressing issue is, after 4 p.m. in a day, I don't take decisions again on any matter until later in the night. And Amon Paul asked him, why? He said, I have come to understand my system Anytime from 4 p.m., my system begins to shut down. I'm not able to think clearly. Why? The exhaustion of the day gets the better of him. Beloved of God, he has studied himself to know. Peter was in this situation. He didn't even know that the Lord was by the shore. Let's go on. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved said unto Peter, It is the Lord. Now, when Simon Peter heard 
that it was the Lord. Now when Simon Peter heard, when Simon Peter heard, I am coming today as that disciple whom Jesus loved. I am telling you it is the Lord. Wake up. Hear the voice of the Lord so that you can be converted, so that you can be healed, so that you can be strengthened. When you hear his voice, something happens. To cut the long story short, here they encounter the person of the Lord Jesus. They encountered him as a living word. They encounter him. When they encountered him, that was what saved the day for them and brought them back. Even when they got there to show you the love of God, the fish they caught, they abandoned it. They could not drag it out. By the time they got to the shore, the master had prepared fish for them. Is, did, I, did somebody get what I just said? It doesn't matter how exhausted you are. It doesn't matter how asleep you are. When you wake up, there is a preparation of God for you. All you need is to say, Master, mercy, I come before you. You encounter him at his word. You encounter his word. You encounter his presence. Something happens in your life. Are you listening to me today? And I'm bringing you the word of God today. And I'm telling you by the spirit of God. There is hope for a tree. When it falls at the scent of water. What happens to it? It sprouts again. I have come to bring that water. The water of the world. The water by the spirit of God. To make your spirit come alive again. And you will sprout again. Tell your neighbor you will bring forth fruits again. Abundant fruits again. Abundant fruits again. In the name of Jesus. What about the story that I refer to? The Amos Road story is so important because there was another dimension of the spirit that was introduced there. Luke 24. Luke 24. I'll read from verse 15 to 16. Then I'll jump and read 27 to 33. Praise the Lord, somebody. Praise the Lord. I don't know who I'm talking to today. You are a pastor here, a minister of the gospel. I just saw a flash now. You were speaking and somebody came and took the mic from you. Whether it was in a dream or it happened physically. Since then, things have not been together. Since then, things have been broken up. You cannot come together. There is no ability in you to come together. Beloved, I am telling you what the Lord is saying. You can rise again. Oh, you can rise again. Beloved, I want you to bow your heads and talk to God wherever you are. If somebody had made a mistake and fallen, if somebody had lost a time, lost an opportunity, beloved of God, I come by the Spirit of God today to declare there is hope for you. It is not over unless you say it is over. It is not over until you win. It is not over. Talk to God. Master, I am here again. Let that job come again. Let that business come again. Let that opportunity come again. Master, master, master. I come today. Let that health come again. Let that grace come again. Let the microphone be restored again. Somebody talk to God. And if you are that pastor or that minister of the gospel, wherever you are sitting, stand. Stand. If you are in the auditorium here, stand. If you are that minister, I want to speak a word over you right now. Right now. Right now. Wherever you are, stand. You are upstairs. Stand well. Let me see you because of the light. I declare today in the name of Jesus where the doors have been shut to you. Where the doors have been shut to you. I command by the mercy of God. By the works of the angels of God. Ephata! 
Father, let the doors open. Let the opportunities come. Let the business come again. Let the restoration be your portion today. In the name of Jesus, you could have been robbed. You could even have been a lawful captive today. The Bible says Moses stood and said, Let Reuben live and not die. And men, many and not few. He says, By a prophet, the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt. By a prophet, he preserved her. I stand today in the name of Jesus. In the office, the Lord has called me. Whatever fell from your hands, whatever you lost, as a result of one thing or the other, I come today and I declare, Let Reuben live and not die. Let the angels of God that walk restoration bring restoration to you now. 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 Restoration of grace. Restoration of giftings. Restoration of sensitivity. Restoration by the Spirit of the Lord. Whatever they have laughed at you. Wherever you have walked in Hikabud, I make a pronouncement today. Let the glory return. Let the glory return. Let the glory return. Let the glory return now. Give God thanks where you are. Just lift your hands and give God thanks. Give him thanks. Give him thanks. Give him thanks. Begin to pray in tongues. Pray, 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 pray. Whatever trips men in your family can no longer trip you. Somebody's here. You are getting to that age where somebody suddenly disappears. Nobody in your family has stayed off for long. You are getting to that age. When they get to that age, they disappear. Today, begin to rebuke it. Under this atmosphere, you will last. You will last long. And you will finish well. You will finish well. Your marriage will work. Your marriage will not fail. Your children will go well. They will not fail. The devil will not take them over. In the name of Jesus. Talk to God. Talk to God. Keep praying. Oh, I command a release now. I command a release now. Let there be a visitation. Let there be a visitation. Hey! He says, I will open your graves. I will open your graves. Beloved of God, I have news of resurrection for somebody. I have news of resurrection for somebody. He said to me, tell them, tell my people, I am opening their graves now. I don't know what you have that have been buried. I don't know what you think will never come back to you. Your health, your grave, somebody lay hold on it right now. Lay hold on it. That your husband that left home and refused to come back. He's coming back now. He's coming back now. Because the Lord has chosen to open your graves. He has chosen to open your graves. That business that you think was dead. He's coming back alive now. Health is coming back. Glory is coming back. No more hiccups. No more hiccups. No more Ichabod. No more Ichabod. I declare by the Spirit of God. No more Ichabod. Maradas. 
Maradas, Maradas, Mele Kamba, where you have been forgotten, I command you to be remembered now. Pray, somebody pray. I command you to be remembered now. Where you have been forgotten, I command you to be remembered now. Where you have been concealed, I command you to be remembered now. You are here. The last seven businesses you have done, it has ended in a loss. I command today that demonic power that brings losses to you, I break their hold over you now. And you are released now in the name of Jesus. Talk to God. Under this atmosphere, all things are possible. Under this atmosphere, all things are possible. Under this atmosphere, all things are possible. Lay hold, lay hold, lay hold, lay hold, lay hold. Don't keep quiet. Some of us are at a betting point now. You are at a betting point now. You are at a point you have come to bring forth. You have come to bring forth. You don't see a psychedelic lady in a labor world. Oh, her desire is to put out this thing. Put out this thing. Put out this thing. Put out this baby. Push now. Push now. Push now. Push now. Push now. Push now. Oh, Gala, brother, Satebokoma. Mendele Khandara. Maka. Mele Kradaska. Mede Kemba. Redeshebokoma. Mata Kambalia. Mede Kemboroso. Mendele Khandara. Mata Kandoroba. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hear me. The Lord just said to me, tell them. Tell my people, I am bringing you into an adverse you didn't work for. I am bringing you into a fruitfulness you didn't labor for. Today, 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 I come in the name of Jesus and I command whatever is holding you on that spot, whatever could stand to resist you entering into that harvest, whatever could stand that prevents you from entering to that increase, I come in the name of Jesus. I come in the name of Jesus and I command them today, let go now! Let go now! Let go now! Tell three people it's a new day. Go to them. Go to them. In fact, tell four more people. Let it be a round number. Tell seven people in all. It's a new day. Welcome to your 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 new day. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Let's sit down, let's sit down, let's sit down. Hallelujah. Mendele Vrada Kamba. Moto Bakanda. Mete Kemba. Baka Bakade Kembrodoska. Mede Kembarakamba. Baka de Kredosopo. Bakanda Lekeba. There is someone here. Your right molar. You have been having a challenge with it in the last three days. Let the power of God reach it now. And take away the problem now in the name of Jesus. 
wherever you are you have a problem with your right ear I command a father now in the name of Jesus glory be to God glory be to God let's continue the journey to Amos Luke chapter 4 verse 15, 16 then I'll jump to 27 and read to 33 he says this and it came to pass while they communed together and reasoned Jesus drew near and went with them these were defeated people these were people that had lost hope of anything coming out of their investment in the last three years they have invested their time some of them have left their jobs to follow this savior but suddenly the savior died and they are not hearing anything verse 16 he says that while they were talking a man came to join them but their eyes were holding that they should not know him because they were full of sorrow they were full of disappointment they could not relate with the master verse 27 he says at beginning at moses and all the prophets he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself verse 28 and they drew near unto the village whither they went and he made as though he would have gone further he made as though he would have gone further there are some of us here when you live here today the Lord is going to come but when he comes he will make as if he's going further there is need for you to trap his presence I want to encourage you after this week take a three day fast as you will be empowered of the Lord it could be a three day you will be breaking every day it could be a three day you go straight on water or water and honey whichever take a three day fast and go and meet him the words that he has spoken to you the things that he's showing you in flashes the things that are coming to your spirit the dreams he's going to show you go back and present them to him remember when the prophet came to David and told him you don't need to build a house for the Lord but the Lord has determined to do this to do this to do this for you the Bible says David the following day as soon as he had it he prepared himself and went into the house of God and sat there with God and God reenacted the promises to him and God had it more than the prophet told him beloved of God there is need for you to go to God and trap the things that he has said to you when I say trap travel in the spirit and bring to birth when Ezekiah was in trouble I think in Isaiah 37 or 38 verse 3 the Bible says that he sent a message to the prophet Isaiah and he said to the prophet Isaiah this is a day of trouble a day of anguish a day of embarrassment he said the children have come to bring to forth that is they have come to put to bed but there is no strength that is seven and he said unto them don't say Ezekiah this is a day of trouble and of rebuke and of blasphemy for the children have come to birth but what there is no strength to bring forth go to God three days let the strength in you be activated let there be a refilling of the spirit in you let there be grace released for there to be a birthing for you to give birth to these things that the Lord has been speaking to you about. That is the word I just received. Amen. So verse 29. But they constrain him. That is what your fast is going to do. Show him that you are interested. Show him that you want him. Show him that you want him more than any other thing. Show him 
that he must touch you. The Bible says, but they constrain him, saying, abide with us. For it is toward evening, and the day is fast spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And that was when their miracle began. Praise the Lord. Verse 30. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them. As he sat at meat with them. This is an audacious visitor. Because in the Hebrew tradition and culture, the visitor is not the one that breaks bread. The visitor is not the one that prays on the food. Because he's the master, he didn't need to ask them for any permission. Because they are the ones that invited him. When you invite him during this three-day fasting and prayer, beloved of God, just lay bare before him. Open yourself before him. Don't form. Don't keep anything. Let him take over and guide you. I know he will begin to tell you. Pray about this. He will remind you of something 10 years ago. Pray about it. He will tell you the scripture to go to. Just come before him. Open the door for him. Let him come. Praise the Lord. The Bible says, and it came to pass. As he sat at table with them, he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. Then they remembered. Somebody, did you hear me? Then they what? They remembered. They remembered. They remembered. Verse 31. Let's read together all of us. One, two, go. And their eyes were what? Open. How? Because they remembered. And they knew him. And what? He vanished out of their sight. Verse 32. Let's read together everybody. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us what? The scriptures. Their heart was burning. There was a fire that was lit by the word of God. But as the word was opened up to them, by the time they came to the communion table, they got a revelation of the word. They could now relate the revelation with the fire that was going in them. Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they are what? They are spirit that produce life. They encountered the person of Jesus like the first set encountered. They encountered, they revealed the revelation of Jesus. The first set didn't see that, but the one that loved him encountered him that way. And then they encountered the fire of his presence. The fire representing the spirit of God. No wonder John the Baptist declared that when he comes, he shall baptize you with what? The Holy Spirit and with fire. Their hearts were burning because of the ministry of the Holy Spirit at that time. Beloved of God, what do I do to activate this fire? We'll go as far as time will let us. Turn to Romans chapter 12, verse 11. Romans chapter 12, verse 11. I'm going to read from the Amplified Classic and then from the Phillips translation. The Bible enjoins us here. It says, Never lack in zeal. Never lack in zeal. And in earnest endeavor, labor. Make yourself labor. It is a zeal you have for the Lord that will push you to labor for the Lord. It says, be aglow and burning with the Spirit, serving the Lord. Hear how the Philip transition put Romans chapter 12, verse 11. 
He says, let us not allow slackness. Let us not allow slackness. If you are slack, it's an option. And you have chosen to exercise it. The opposite of zeal is slackness. You just had a word for you today. For as many as the Lord has dropped an insight for, or is going to drop an insight for, take time out, three days, to fast and to pray. You have been eating all these days. How has it paid you? Ask your neighbor, how has it paid you? Take three days. If there is no zeal, believe me, you won't do it. Must I fast? After all, Jesus fasted for me. Must I fast? I don't have to fast to see what God wants me to do. If he wants to do it, he will do it. Beloved of God, you are lying slackness. If you want to touch that fire, rekindle that fire, the Bible says this, don't allow slackness to spoil our work and let us keep the fires of the spirit burning. That tells you and I, you don't need an external fire. The fire is already inside of you. Tell your neighbor, you have fire. You have fire. Fan it to flame. Fan it to flame. The fire is not outside. The fire is already inside you. He says, as we do our work for God, beloved of God, from the above scripture, we can see that it's not a question of lack of fire. It's a question of fanning the fire to flame and sustaining the flame from it. How can I sustain the flame from it? How can I fan the fire in my spirit that is already there? How can I fan it to flame? Proverbs chapter 26 verse 20. Proverbs 26 verse 20. Put it up in the Passion Translation. Let's read it together all of us. If you are seeing it, one, two, go. It takes what? It takes to have what? Read on. A fire. Let's leave the rest. Let's leave the rest. Those are fire killers. Quarrel, gossip. They are fire killers. But I don't want to go there today. He says it takes fuel to have a fire. And a fire will die when you run out of fuel. Is it not true? Good. Generally, science tells us for us to have fire, we need three conditions. Number one, there must be something that will burn the fuel. There must be something that will what? Burn the fuel. And let me say straightforward, you are the fuel, oh. You are the fuel. You are the fuel. In the natural, it can be gas or it can be wood. Let us recognize this. The Bible says where there is no fuel, the fire will burn. The second condition according to science that you need for fire to come is that there must be something to spark fire or a match. This meeting can be that spark that the Holy Spirit has provided for you. And thirdly, there must be oxygen or any other oxidizer. Most things born in the presence of oxygen, but there must be oxygen for the fire to sustain. Beloved of God, what do we do at such instances? Let us see what Apostle Paul said. 
And maybe I'll close with that. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 6. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 6. I'll read in the King James Version. I'll read in the Passion Translation. It says, Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Hear how the Passion Translation puts it. Passion Translation. Please, can we all read it together? 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 6. Everybody, please read. I'm writing what? To encourage you. To what? Hold on. I'm writing to encourage you. To what? It is not God's responsibility to fan your fire to flame. It is your responsibility. It is my responsibility to fan my fire to flame. God will not jump down to come and do it. Because he has provided all that we need to fan to flame. Go on. Let's do it again. And what? Rekindle. Start from there. Rekindle what? The fire. Hold on. It means that it is very possible that the fire has been heavy. It's just maybe the smoke and the ambers of the wood that you are seeing. The redness of the wood. It is more difficult to start fire with fresh wood than to fan a fire that is already in amber to flame. He says, rekindle the fire of the spiritual gift God imparted to you when I lay my hands upon you. When the Holy Spirit came upon you, the fire was deposited in you. You see, when the Bible in King James uses the word, I put you in remembrance to steer up. That phrase, steer up, the Greek word is a long word. It is anazupurio. It's a compound word of three different words. Anna, Zeus, and pure. Pure is fire. The last word there is fire. When the Bible talks of Anna, Anna, Anna simply means to do something repeatedly, again and again and again and again, until you begin to see the result that you have seen, that you are desiring. And when you see the result that you are desiring, you don't stop. You keep fanning it. Zeus, in that other mean, it means that to be enthusiastic, to be fervent, to be passion, to be vigorous, to be wholehearted. Therefore, when the Bible says, I should stir up the gift of God that is in me, it simply means that even though it could be just smoldering right now, I should keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. My routines of spiritual discipline as a Christian, my routines of spiritual discipline as a Christian, the most dangerous thing for fire, if you have ever been where they have cooked before, maybe they put different food in the fire, and somebody comes, takes the reddest wood, the one that is burning so brightly, in the midst of the fire, and when it takes it out of the fire and keeps it for a while, does it need to pour water for the fire to die? One of the things you must do repeatedly, repeatedly, is fellowship. But not just with any kind of people. I'm going to list some things now. He said you must do it with passion, do it with faith. Do it wholeheartedly, knowing that faithful is he that has called you, who also will do it. Beloved, I have five minutes to go. Let me quickly talk about steps that I need to take to rekindle the fire, to steer up the fire in my life. Because if there is no fire, I will sleep. The first thing I need to do is that I need the right environment for the fire to come. In that the right environment, there must be wood. There must be a fuel source. There must be a burning source to start to spark the match. Or a matches. Or a lighter must be there. And the thought was that there must be the presence of oxygen. 
All of us carry smartphones. Do you know that smartphone can be the greatest blessing that you can experience or can lead you into great depths in blessings? Most smartphones come with Bibles loaded. Most smartphones come with notepads loaded. Most smartphones come with music players, storage areas there. Beloved of God, when the prophet Elisha was in a situation where a prophecy was demanded of him and he was already angry, he said, do what? Bring me what? Minstrels. What was he doing? He was creating an environment. There are some songs that you hear. It sets your spirit aflame. There are some songs you hear. Even when you didn't feel like worshiping, you begin to worship. Create a playlist of such songs. Have them different types. Classify them properly in that your phone. Classify them. Leave them there. Leave them there. Because it is part of the things you require to create an environment. Songs. Worship songs. Songs that are scripture based. They are like steps for you to use in climbing into the higher point. Do you understand me? With songs, you find that you can easily ascend. Let a song begin to play now. There is one of my playlists. It doesn't matter how dry I may feel. The moment I begin to play, something in me, initially, you remember that old generator that we used to have, that you whine, 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 and then throw into gear, then you begin to run. If I am in that state, let that playlist begin to play. The moment it begins to play, my spirit is being what? Wong. Wong. I knew that a day will come that I will need it. Or when I'm praying, I just put it on. I leave. These days, once you put it on and set it, autoplay, it goes on and on and on. And you find out, Mata, Bekedekemba, Bradaka, Bekedekemba. You started speaking as if you were so dry. You started speaking as if there's nothing. You stay there one hour. Two hours, suddenly, the Holy Spirit comes and takes over. The moment he takes over, you find yourself on autopilot. You suddenly can go four hours, five hours, six hours, eight hours, ten hours and more. And you begin to wonder, I didn't even feel like praying when I started. What made it possible was the atmosphere. Create the right atmosphere. Be in fellowship. Be where the word of God is taught. In Revelation chapter 1 verse 3. The Bible says, blessed are they that hear the word of this prophecy. The first, that read the word of this prophecy. The first is read the word of God. Hear the word of God. Create an environment for the word of God. Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ do what? Dwell in you how? Very what? Richly unto what? All wisdom. Let create an environment of the word. These days, you don't need to spend too much. Just download your version under your device. Download them offline. When you download it offline, they come with audio Bible. You can also be hearing as you are driving. As you are cooking, you can be hearing. Beloved of God, the next step, the Bible says here, blessed are they that do. Make sure you, the word of God is a final authority in your life. When you do that, something will happen. The next thing you should do, separate yourself from those that are going to Tashish. Do you understand what I'm saying? Tashis can never lead you to God. Tashis are fire killers. And God fights fire killers. Don't let God fight you. Number three, just like I talked about here, endeavor to make sure a day does not pass that you don't pray. Particularly praying in the spirit. Number four, have fellowship. 
fellowship with the Holy Spirit. How do I have fellowship with the Holy Spirit? Beloved of God, recognize that the Holy Spirit is your friend. Talk to him. Talk to him. Talk to him. You are driving, talk to him. You are cooking, talk to him. You may not hear him immediately. But when you begin to talk to him, you are conditioning your spirit to hear from him. As you speak to him, one day, you know, we hear and quote Habakkuk so well. Write the vision. Make it plain. Let it be plain. So that he that read it will run. Do you know that between Habakkuk chapter 1 verse 13 to Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 1, the distance was 13 years. 13 solid years. Habakkuk said, I will arise and go to my watch. Every day for 13 years, he was waiting for what God would speak to him. Then suddenly one day, he had write the vision, make it clear. A journey that took him 13 years was well worth it. Make up your mind, I'm going to stay. One thing the devil cannot stand is your persistence. Make up your mind. From Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 4, when Nehemiah decided to begin to seek God for the good of the people in Judah, go and read it. It took him 120 days of straight fasting and prayer until the king looked into his eyes. Do you have the same power? That is why it's important that you learn the place of fellowship. Fellowship with the spirit and fellowship with others. Praise the Lord. Number five, have a consistent practice. Have a consistent practice of what they call the five S of power. There is something you do that builds strength, that builds power in you. The first is learn the virtue of silence. Just sit down, stop talking, put up your phone. Just don't let any music play anything. Just sit, learn the value of silence. Five minutes, ten minutes, you will see you begin to grow in it. After that, inculcate the value of stillness. You are not talking, you are alone, you are just focused on God. Stillness. That's the second S. The third S is solitude. Learn to be alone. Create alone time and invite God to your alone time. The fourth S is be a studious person. Invest in something that will bring light to you. And the last S is suffering. Be ready to defer gratification. Some personal inconveniences you must bring into your life. The sixth step you must take for the fire to be a glow in your life is the power of the Holy Communion. Break bread regularly. Break bread daily. Do you know? Go and Google this. I, I, I'm about to say now. The Roman Catholic Church is said to experience the greatest number of miraculous healings and miracles generally in the entire church world. The Roman Catholic Church is also said to be the greatest owner of properties in the entire world. Those two assets, me, how many of us have been Roman Catholics before? Good. Can you go to Mass without taking communion? They break bread every now and again. What are you waiting for? You that know more about it. It was traced, please Google this thing, it was traced to the fact that one of the things they are suggesting has made them to be like that, that powerful, that wealthy, is this institution of communion. Of course, they have very good management. 
The last thing, have partnership. Don't stay alone. The Bible says iron sharpened iron. So a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. But who are the people you should partner with? Not people that are on the boat to touches, but have partnership with fire carriers. Fire carriers. I have some friends. Are you listening to me? When I am down in the spirit and I need some charging, I will just call them up. Oh boy, you there? Can I visit with you? Okay, you can come. Maybe come in an hour's time. Or I can even come to you. But because I want to draw from them, I go to them. And I just begin to talk. I just begin to talk. Before you know it, he will tell me about a new revelation he just received from God. There's something that comes out of his life. One particular one of them. There's something that comes out of it. When it comes, by if I spend 30 minutes with him, I can run on the strength of that 30 minutes for the next 30 days because he's connected. He will tell you what the Lord is saying. He will tell you what he's doing at this time. He will share revelations from the word of God and my spirit gets alive. Not the one that will say, oh man, your shoe is something else. Man, who is your hairdresser? Who is your tailor? The Bible says, let us provoke ourselves into what? Good works. Bow your heads. Let's talk to God. Somebody talk to God. Somebody talk to God. I want you to thank God for the word you have received today. Thank God for the word you have received today. Matakato sofredeska melekranda baradasa mete. Somebody pray. Talk to God. Matakandelekranda mredekendolo vradaska matakandolo vrada bedekemba baradasetemokomba bakandelekranda zekema. Pray, pray, pray. Talk to God. I have two minutes more to stay here and I'll be out. Beloved of God, hear me today. If you are here, you are not born again. Can you stand? Let me pray with you now. You want to be a child of God. You want to have a relationship with Jesus. Let me pray for you right now. Stand now. Stand now wherever you are. The Lord bless you. Who else is standing? The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. Who else? Who else? Who else? Upstairs. Upstairs. Is there anyone? Talk to God at this time. Talk to God. Talk to God. Let the ministers go to them right now wherever they are. Glory be to God. The rest of us, I want you to talk to God. Lord, rekindle my fire. Lord, rekindle my fire. Lord, rekindle my fire. Lord, rekindle my fire. Help me, oh God, to rekindle the fire that is in me. Talk to God at this time. I pray for you in the name of Jesus that the grace of the Lord God may be multiplied upon you. May the grace of Jesus speak over you. May your fire be rekindled. May you be awake. May you never forget the things that God has put into your hands. May God's grace be abundant upon you. In Jesus' name we are praying. Amen. Let us give God's servant, Pastor Fidelis. Glory be to God.